When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, our one podcast. This might be college football. Finally, we have made it to the final day of the college football season. Seems like that was last Monday, but anyway, I got things confused. Welcome uh, to the Monday uh, edition, the national championship game, just a mere four and a half hours away. We'll talk about that. Let's get to some headlines here. Craig Sankey, disappointed in the backlash to the final CFP rankings. He gave an interview yesterday, and there's been a lot of conversation about that today. Apparently, uh, there was con- there was concern about security. We'll get to that issue in a minute. Michigan versus Washington, coaching confidential, opposing Coach's thoughts on the title game. We'll dig deep into that in 30 minutes with Bruce Feldman, live from the scene. So this is what it's all about, the defense versus the offense. Michigan's defense was superior. Uh, Washington had one of the best offenses in the country and possibly the best quarterback. Come on, what's going on here? This is in the Washington Post, a college football title game without the South. Bless your heart. That's not a compliment, by the way, if you live in the South. So uh, since the CFP started in 2014, this is uh, who has won Georgia the last couple of years. We thought tonight would be a coronation for them. Remember Bama during the COVID year. LSU won the year before with Joe Burrow. Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama. And then it was Ohio State. Ten years ago, they knocked Alabama out, and ten years ago was the uh, exactly the final last time, I should say, that the SEC has not been in the championship game. Blake Baker, now the highest-paid assistant. He comes over from MIZ. How about these numbers for Blake? Quite a good job there. Well thought of. Bruce Feldman, well thought of. He'll dig in deep. Adam Sparks covers the balls. John Talty on a week after the play that didn't. And your phone calls, of course, at 855-242-7285. Let's uh, check in with Gary to start things off in Tennessee. Hello, Gary. Hey, Paul. How are we doing? We are doing great. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm going to make this quick. There's an old statement by the NASCAR drivers and pit crew that I think applies to Harbaugh, the coach at Michigan. Are you familiar with it? 
Yeah, you know, I think I am. I covered a lot of NASCAR uh, early in my career, and uh, if I remember it correctly, I, can't, well, I don't know whether it was Richard Petty or Dale Earnhardt who, uh, who said if you, if, if, what was it, if you ain't cheating, you're not trying or something? You got it. That's it. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite NASCAR slogan, though, you would, you would get a guy after a race, Gary, and you say you had the lead, and then you ran out of gas. What happened there? He said, just one of them deals. <laughs> but you're right about well, the cheating part. Well, I don't know what's going was that, on. Was that Dale, was that Dale Sr. Who, who, who invented that phrase? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is going to be the upshot here? Is there going to be anything else done, or is it just going to kind of go by the wayside? Uh, I think it all depends on tomorrow when uh, win or lose. I think the feeling is now with Jim Harbaugh, nobody ever knows because he's a he's a mercurial guy. But I think uh, when he leaves, that will quiet down the investigation. There'll still be one, but but it won't have the uh, the zeal. Hey, thank you for the call. You, uh, great to hear from you. How about Dwayne? I'll get to the right call eventually. Dwayne is up next. Done on, Mr. Paul Feinbaum. I think, hey, Mr. Paul Feinbaum, I think I need to be in one of them slots. You've got three-thirds of slots or four-fifteen slots. What you think about that? Huh? Okay, what about it? I think I need to be one of my sports. Yeah, well, well Dwayne, let, let, me, let me break it I to you. I, I talked to the committee uh, <laughs> over the weekend, and yeah, they said you need to stay. You need to stick with the rig. I know that. I know that. I know they won't say that. But check this out. One more thing, Dwayne. Which, which you make on the rig, Dwayne? Which you make on the rig puts the rest of us to shame. So stay where you are. No, it don't. It don't put you to shame. You need to donate a dollar not You need to. Dick, donate a thousand dollars to the best scholar. That's the money you make. Hey, check this out. I got a hot topic for you. I got a, a couple of things I need to tell you right quick. Because I'm, a, I'm a, you know, you know, Billy Nipper for Florida. Yeah. You know, he's the offense, he's the head coach, the offensive coordinator, and the quarterback coach, huh? Right. All right. Why he called Charlie Wise Jr. from Ole Miss, the offensive coordinator, Ask that man to come down and take the offense. Want want him to be the offense coordinator. That man told him, "Don't call my phone never again." If you call my phone, on have phone harassment charge on you. I don't know. Huh? Yeah, tell me why that. And look, why Brian Kelly? Another thing about Brian Kelly. Why he went and got the a uh, defensive coordinator? He put up five hundred yards against him. Uh, Florida was five and seven. They put up five hundred yards against him. And, Flor- and Georgia put up 400-something yards against them without the tight end. So what, how, how much sense that make? Listen, just be happy you got somebody, okay? You want Matt House back? Oh, no, indeed. Nah. <laughs> well, you keep complaining about the guy you have. And we're, we're, I'm going to call <laughs> Brian <laughs> Kelly and say, take Mouse, no, Matt House hey, back. No. Just- that name be just me. The man put up – uh, Brian Kelly put up 500 against his defense. Uh, Florida put up 500 against that defense, and Georgia put up 400 against that defense. So what you telling me? Well, those things happen. Hey, thanks for the call, Dwayne. You be well. John is up next in Louisville. Hey, John. John is up next. 
John is no longer up next. Mary Jo is, though, in Missouri. Hello, Mary Jo. Hi, Paul. Good to talk to you again. Thank you. uh, I'm making my list longer and longer ways that Coach Nick Saban and Coach Eli Drinkwitz are alike. Okay, both of them this year had their best ever coaching. I mean, both of them did a tremendous job coaching with their team. Okay, they both love trophies, and they both won a trophy this year. Coach Saban, the SEC championship, and then Coach Drinkwitz, the Cotton Bowl championship. Paul, we had the best party, lots of family and friends, and we watched the Cotton Bowl together. Now, the first three quarters scared us to death, really. That was bizarre. But the fourth quarter was great. And we ended up winning. And um, I just want to thank you, Paul. (laughs) You're so, and you know what I want to tell you, Paul? I really admire you the way you talk to young callers. And they're so serious and they know what they're talking about. Like the 12 year old Dominic. I I really admire the way you listen to them and talk to them and, Mary Jo, I'm glad you said that. I mean, there's some people out there that think the only way to uh, to relate to a younger audience is to to be to talk bro talk and curse and take your shirt off and all that. And and we don't believe that. We believe young people want to be treated the same way that you are and, and other people are. Thank you so much for the call. We'll take a short break and we are back right after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted Hims subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are back. Uh, glad to have all of you with us here on the Monday, uh, the final Monday of the college football season. Joe starts off this segment from Alabama. Hello, Joe. Hey, Paul. Uh, 
just want to say I hope you and your family had a great Christmas and Thank New you. Year. Um, also, I want to say I got a question about that whole the whole cheating thing in Harbaugh. Um, does it does it bother you any that all these people calling in and I'm going to say crying and whining? Do these people honestly believe that whatever program that they support and cheer for, do they honestly believe that their program's done nothing wrong in cheating? I know for a fact, personally, a certain school offered a certain player a vehicle at graduation to go to their school, and they did. Crap like that happens all the time, all the time. And for people to call in to act like their program is holier than now, shows ignorance on their part. Every program done it, has done it, and will continue to do it, even with the NIL. and all, They all cheat, okay? And people are pissed off because it's Michigan, all right? And I got one final word. Who do you got in tonight's game, Alabama or Georgia? Uh, I, look for, uh, I look for Alabama to pull a slight upset. Thank you for the call. Let's uh... – John is up next in Louisville. Hey, John. I'm here this time. I was listening to Dwayne the first time, and uh, I got carried away with it. Is he unhappy Brian uh, Kelly didn't clear the uh, D.C. hire with him or something? John, you've heard, two and this, half million. you've heard this before, but I just think he's unhappy when he's happy. Yeah, I know. Hey, first of all, hoping uh, Larry's doing well. I don't know if we've heard from him. And, uh, Paul, I was going to tell you two things. So the CFP, I thought – it. it it ended up being pretty fair. Um, you actually had six teams in the CFP because I think Georgia in the SEC championship loss, I think Ohio State in the uh, the game loss, I think it ended up being six teams in the playoff. Do you feel that way a little bit? Yeah, I think that's fair uh, because both schools would have gotten in had they won. Yeah, exactly. It was win or walk home. And then uh, I think the, the two games last week, are going to end up being the better games. We'll see what happens tonight. I, I've got Michigan uh, double digits because of the Achilles heel of uh, Washington's pass defense. But I, I think it's great. We have two undefeated teams. We have two of the best coaches. I think DeBoer's 25 and two and uh, what's hard about 26 and one over the last two years. But here I found this interesting, Paul, when you go to the 2023 college football team talent composite, that's done by uh 247 Sports. I'll read you off the uh, who they are. Number one's Alabama. They got there. Georgia's number two. They almost got there. Ohio State's number three. They almost got there. Then you've got Texas A&M. Nope, that's coaching. You've got Clemson next at number five. Nope, coaching. Texas is next. They got there. LSU didn't get there. Coaching. Then you've got uh, USC coaching, and then you've got Oklahoma coaching, and then you've got Oregon that barely lost to Washington. I think that's interesting the, uh, because Michigan's, I think, 14 in talent composite, and Washington is number 26. So I think you've got some pretty good coaches. Yeah, I mean, tonight. this is the, one of the few times now TCU was also there. Yeah. Yep. It, it usually goes according to form. And uh, I mean, you probably heard Ari Wasserman here a couple of days ago. I mean, this exactly. Alabama team isn't just talented, it, he, he claimed it was the most talented team of all time. 18 five-stars to Michigan's, too. Yeah, it it should have gone all the way. By the way, when J.C. Latham got knocked down, remember in the final play? Yeah. Josiah, I think, Stewart, I think his name, he's 6'1", 235 pounds. That's who knocked him down. <laughs> and, and you know this, John. Uh, 
that didn't happen Saturday, uh, last Monday in Pasadena. That happened, that happened in spring ball. That happened before the season. That happened in off winter in winter workouts. Uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, possessed that young man to uh, reach down, uh, but there, there's something to that uh, because there's no reason under the sun uh, why Latham, who's a first-round draft choice, uh, sh- sh- should have been beaten, let alone blown up. Yeah, true. Look forward to the game tonight. Are you watching or Netflix? No, no. I I finally uh, I saw where Terry Saban and Nick were watching some Turkish movie last week on Netflix. (laughs) I went ahead and got that out of the way last night so I can watch the game tonight. Okay. We try to do we try to do at my house. We try to we try to mimic every aspect of Nick and Terry's life. So uh, if so, then maybe we could be just one millionth as popular as the first family. Uh, Bash is up next. Hello, Bash. My Bash, Brother Paul, how are we doing today? Man, we are doing great. Thank you for checking in. That's great to hear. A real quick question, Paul. Do you have the name of that Turkish movie that if Nick Saban and Terry Saban recommend it to you, I would love to hear the name of that movie as well. Do you have it? Yeah, I think it's uh, Last Night in Istanbul. Fantastic! That absolutely sounds like my next go-to that, watch. That was, watch. Or maybe the maybe the name of the movie was just a bunch of bull. Eh. Regardless, both of those movies sound better than watching the national championship game tonight. How about that? No, come on. Listen, I, I know what I said last week, but I, I'll be tuned in. It starts at seven forty-five. A little sleepy today. I don't know if I'll make it to eight. <laughs> Well, it's 5.45 in Colorado, so I might just, like I said, you gave me a great recommendation that Nick and Terry Saban gave you, so it sounds like a better option. But besides that, I think Washington is going to get it done tonight, Paul. I really, like I was telling you last week, I don't know what you and the rest of the world has been so impressed by Michigan's offense since last week. They only scored 13 points, Paul, till the final two minutes of regulation. And I don't think that's going to get oh, it done tonight. Uh, oh, Bash, I'm sorry. I'm, does, the, does the final two minutes of the game not count? It does if, if Washington you, if doesn't blow the lead against the is Texas. In the red zone in the final two minutes, you don't get credit for it, according uh, to uh, the Bash brothers. What, what uh, better no. time to score, Bash? You're right. That is the best time to score. Yeah, but yeah, a better yeah, by time the way, would be you ever the beginning of the game. Maybe they or were the playing, beginning of the second half. Maybe, maybe they were playing an elite defense in Alabama that they won't be seeing tonight in Michigan. Just a thought. What do I know? Gary is up next in Coleman, Alabama. Hello, Gary. Hi, Paul. Good to talk to you. Thank you. I, uh, I had a comment and then a question. Uh I'm a huge Bama fan, been a Bama fan all my life, which isn't that long. I'm only 40. But um, it's kind of humbling. We, we we got beat by the better team. We got outcoached. And that's all I'll say about that. But my question is, these transfers leaving Alabama, on Alabama's worst season, if you go back and look, we only have a three-loss season as long as Saban's been there. So why would you want to leave that? Why would why would anyone want to leave? Is that what you're asking me? Well, I, I, when you leave a prestigious college like that in the football world, you know going there, the worst season you're going to have 
It's three but, losses. But, but hey, he Gary, that, that's why Alabama wins or comes in second in recruiting every year because uh, it is the defining place in college football right now over the last 15 years. And now Georgia is in the same category, and I would say Ohio State is as well. Eddie is calling next from Tuscaloosa. Eddie, what's going on? Hey, Paul. I, I, I just got a little trivia for you I, I happen to think about and won't be of any interest to anybody, particularly if you're an Alabama fan, and I apologize for that. But, Paul, the three worst years that Alabama had will be the Whitworth years, 55, 60, right. 57. J.B. Ears, Whitworth. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ears, Whitworth. And, and he, was, he had a lot of things that were going on that wasn't all his fault. But anyway, it's yeah, well, By the way, Eddie, one, one of the things he had going on was he was a terrible coach. Oh, oh yeah, that, <laughs> that, that added considerable to it. But we are in those three years, Paul, we only won four games. We didn't win any the first year. We were 11-0. and 0. The second year, we won games. But it's interesting to me, of the four games that we won, two of them were kind of, you know, North Texas State, something like that. One of them was Mississippi State. But one of them, of all things, playing away, they beat Georgia. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't, 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 wouldn't Georgia like to have that one back? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think I'm just giving the game. I did not throat. realize. Hey, Eddie, when I came to Alabama, and you remember, uh, when I when I discovered uh, Ears Whitworth, whose whose record was what, like four and twenty eight or something. Um, oh, I was. When uh, when Perkins had the losing record in uh, what was it eighty four. Yeah, it was the first time since Ears Whitworth. So, as a young columnist, I went I went to town on Ears Whitworth. I mean, I had an Ears Whitworth reference in every column that year. Oh, I remember, <laughs> <laughs> deservedly. You know, they used to say if you, if you got a if you got a traffic ticket in Tuscaloosa, they didn't give you a traffic ticket. They gave you a ticket there on Alabama game. Right, that's and, funny. And when your second offense, you got the ticket, but you had to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I, I don't know if I've ever heard that one before. But uh, did you know, uh, did, you, did you know uh, Jennings, Brian, Ears, Whitworth at all? Oh, yeah, I, I knew of him. We used to kind of slip in and watch the practices, and it was, uh, Paul, it was pitiful. It was just written the the band wore, wore all black at that time for some reason or other. And I, I can remember the team going on the field for a regular game, and some of the players were being practiced p- pants like. It, it was not a very good year. I don't, I don't know. And I really hate that. Of course, I met Coach Whitworth, and he was obviously very sure. By the way, uh, he, got, he got off to a really good start. Uh, his final season – he opened the season at Tiger Stadium. And by the way, uh, I remember Alabama's opened a few seasons down there. Uh, he lost 28 to nothing. And then his final game at Legion Field, Eddie, they kept it close for a while before losing 40 to nothing. <laughs> yeah, hey, and that, the second half was worse than that. It really, uh, hey, Eddie, thanks for the call. We had to, uh, Houston, in a minute, talk to Bruce Feldman from Fox and the Athletic. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. There's literally nothing better than right before a big game during the regular season, championship weekend, or the national championship to read one of Bruce Feldman's deep dives uh, in The Athletic uh, about what coaches are saying. They're confidential, but they're legitimate head coaches and assistants. David Ubbin, of course, doing, doing the story with Bruce. Bruce, that many thanks. Appreciate joining us as the uh, clock is ticking toward the end of the season. Good afternoon, and take us uh, through uh, what you learned uh, about this uh, huge game tonight. Yeah, I think it's a fascinating matchup, Paul, because what you really have are two programs in a lot of ways have some similarities in this regard. Both were way down. Uh, you know, Washington was 4-8 and eight a couple of years ago under Jimmy Lake, and then Kalen DeBoer comes in, and they've taken off, and they have become this dynamic, exciting offense that throws the ball and takes shots downfield. And Michigan was obviously in the dumps, you know, at the same time, you know, essentially a two-win season in the, in the COVID-shortened year. And then Jim Harbaugh really has done a 180, and this team has a lot of those same players stayed through it. And they've won three Big Ten titles in a row. And they've dominated the Big Ten and dominated the rival. And they obviously beat Alabama last week. And I think what you have are two really mentally tough teams. And so that's the, the fun part of the matchup. The interesting thing is, can anybody, most notably, can the Wolverines slow down Michael Penix and this offense? And it, it does seem, uh, Bruce, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it yeah. does seem like Michael Penix 
is the X factor for, for everyone, is he not? He is. I mean, what we, we have not seen a quarterback in an offense like this. Guys put up big numbers, but a lot of times it's dink and dunk and let the playmakers get the ball and run. What this is, it's a lot of formation and shifts and movement where they, Kalen DeBoer and that staff does a really good job of finding mismatches. And then what you have is a quarterback in Penix who is taking a, playing with a ton of confidence. I don't know if Michigan can slow them down. I know Michigan's going to try to grind out the clock and wear them down physically. And look, we saw last week, Texas ran average six yards a carry, but ultimately they self-destructed and had a couple of costly fumbles. But they ran the ball down Washington's throats, and I suspect Michigan is going to try to do that tonight. Talking to Bruce Feldman about uh, the, the game, and uh, we're, Michigan has to figure out a way to stop Michael Penix. Bruce, let me, let me go back a little bit because you spend so often, you spend so many Saturdays on the sidelines uh, working for Fox. Uh, you've encountered Jim Harbaugh so often. And I know everybody throws the Connor Stallion stuff up, uh, but, but you, 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 you've seen it from the sidelines. Uh, how, did, how and what did he do? Uh, three years ago, uh, nearly fired, uh, to turn this thing into arguably uh, the best program in the country, along with maybe maybe Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State? Yeah, I think the biggest things when you talk to people inside the program is that Jim Harbaugh got a, you know, had a better connection with his players than he had before. I think that he opened up to them. I think he challenged them. You know, you have some former players there who who've, I've talked to this weekend who said, you know, coming out of that pandemic year, that that season was probably the best thing that happened to Michigan because it was so bad and they were so disgusted. It forced a lot of guys to really look inside, in, you know, in the mirror. And I think Jim Harbaugh was able to rally that, you know, and kind of challenge them, you know, on the physicality part. And I think anybody who's watched them, the one thing I think you cannot take away from this team is they are really physical. I mean, they are a big, strong team with a lot of depth and they get after people. You know, and I think people saw that last weekend um, against a really physical Alabama team. In a lot of ways, it felt like they out-Alabamaed Alabama. Now, I don't think that was a great Alabama team by Nick Saban's standards, but at the same time, I think you saw a really resilient. They're not just a really mentally tough team. They're also a really physically tough team. And I think Harbaugh was able to, you know, he made some really good evaluations, and they developed a lot of talent. I don't think they have a ton of guys like Georgia had who will be high, you know, first round picks. But I think they have a lot of guys who will be third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks. And they, this is an older, more mature team. And they built towards this. This is why Jim Harbaugh, you know, is here. I think he wanted to really coach this team. And for the most part, you know, we, we know about his suspension, but I think this team, there is something about them. They, they really do uh, play hard. And I think there is, a real chip on their shoulder. You know, they've been doubted everywhere. And even if you can say, okay, the, you know, they were the favorite last week. Yeah, but everybody else out there, you know, all the coaches in the conference told me they thought Alabama was going to beat them and they'd have no shot. You're, you know, it's like, I, I just feel like there's something about that kind of resilience that plays into it. Not to say they're unbeatable. It's not to say that they're like, you know, the 2001 Miami team or some of the great Saban teams, but they play so, they play so together as a team and I think you have an unselfish team, and Harbaugh has pushed a lot of the right buttons. You have to give him credit for that. And, Bruce, on the other side, uh, you mentioned Jimmy Lake uh, getting run out of Washington. But y you know uh, Washington has been there before. They were in the playoffs with Peterson in 2015. Uh, 
First of all, how did they, how did they land on DeBoer? Uh, his record was gaudy in terms of championships, but he was still from a different world that a lot of big-time college athletic directors simply don't want to go. Yeah, I think, look, credit to Jen Cohen, the former AD who's now at USC. She knew that it was not working out with Jimmy Lake, and she pivoted fast. And people behind the scenes really have a lot of respect for Kalen DeBoer. In a lot of ways, he is almost Chris Peterson 2.0 in terms of how he approaches things. I did a big story on him over the weekend from talking to people out. What, like Most people wouldn't know who Kalen DeBoer is if he walked into a room unless he was wearing Washington gear. You know, and yet there's a poise and there is a confidence and there's a composure there that a lot of coaches talk about. But in the moment, you know, you we all see guys on the sideline. He I think I think those are the kinds of things that really resonate with this team. This is a very experienced team. They've been through a lot. And I think that plays into what, um, you know, kind of how they built this. I mean, they're you know, it's not like they're perfect. I mean, they have a spotty defense and they've had a lot of, you know, tight games, but I think they take on his personality. And so it's been pretty amazing to see what they've done. And, you know, I think he's legit one of the top five or six coaches. And we've seen, you know, Lance Leipold at Kansas. We've seen some guys come from really smaller division schools who prove if you can coach, you can coach, no matter if it's at the highest level with the big crowds or if it's a smaller level, you know, football is still football. Bruce, uh Trying to compile all that you learned from everyone with whom you spoke, uh, is there a composite of what they all collectively think is going to happen tonight? No, not with this one. I, I think because both teams have such a resilience, I, I think the bulk of the people I talk to think Michigan will not be able to stop Michael Penix in that offense. It's too explosive. And honestly, Alabama, with the secondary they have with Downs and those two corners, probably would have been a tougher matchup than maybe this Michigan defense is. But the flip side is J.J. McCarthy, their quarterback's played in a ton of big games now. They have a really good offensive line, and there's a consistency there. And so, you know, I picked Michigan before the start of the season. I picked them last week. I'm, you know, I, I, my hunch is Michigan will find a way to win. But I think there are, the coaches I, that we talked to were fairly split, although I think there was more lean towards Washington just because they have the more explosive offense. And ultimately, I think that they wonder if Michigan will be able to keep up with them. Great stuff. Uh, Bruce Feldman joining us. Uh, outstanding piece, many great outstanding pieces in the athletic. We head to the break. We'll get more reaction on the game from you and other experts as we continue here on a Monday afternoon. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. And Rick is up next in Houston. Good afternoon, Rick. Good afternoon, Paul. Man, it seems like uh, Dwayne is getting a lot like Augie. You just can't uh, can't make some of these uh, LSU folks, some of my LSU brothers, happy. No, pretty, they, uh, they they want to just be. They're the felt part of the fellowship of the miserable. <laughs> I know. I know some people like that. If they're if they're uh, if they're not if they're not unhappy, they're not happy. You're correct. But hey, uh, quick. Quick, uh, quick thing on LSU, man. We, we're looking pretty good uh, for 2025. Got the number one class now. Right? Yeah, that was a uh, big pickup the other day. I mean, they, they, what do they have? The number one running back and the number one QB, and the number one wide receiver. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some things happening in Baton Rouge right now. It's taken a little bit of a little bit of time, but that's understandable. I think I think BK's got it got it going in the right direction. Hey Paul, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about a book I read, and I'm, I'm sure you probably read it read it years ago. But I finally got around to reading The Greatest Generation by Tom Brokaw. Oh yeah, that uh, that is considered uh, one of the iconic books. I mean, the book's been out maybe 15, 20 years, maybe longer. But uh, yeah. it's about uh, it's about the suffering and the sacrifice of World War II. Well, Paul, I want it. My dad, my dad served in World War II. He was in uh, in the Pacific, in the Philippines, and uh, you know, one of the one of the only things he'd ever tell me was that he uh, he had to go into Okinawa after the uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not Okinawa, but uh, Nagasaki after the bomb. Oh my! And uh, dad would dad would never never talk about the war. And that was one of the things that really, I always thought that dad was probably different in that way. Sure. But, but the book confirmed that, that the men that came back from that war, they just did not want to talk about it. No, you know, uh, Rick, obviously uh, my own father uh, was in Manila during uh, the, the latter half of World War II under uh, when General MacArthur went back in there. And uh, I mean, I don't I mean, again, this conversation, I mean, I, as a kid like you, I mean, you were always curious. I mean, you watch the war movies and you want to know about the blood and guts and they never told us. Uh, but that, that's emblematic of of almost anyone who's ever been in war. Uh, and, and I think the, the reason is pretty obvious. Uh, what they see is so horrific uh, that you don't ever want to talk about it again. Yeah. You know, I, Paul, my mom and dad were both, you know, Obviously, they grew up, you know, grew up during the Depression. I was, they were both 39 when I was born. My sister was 16 years older than me, and my my brother was 10. So, you know, I was never really around any other veterans that I really, you know, that I knew. So I never had anyone else to to talk to about it. But like I said, you know, the book, the book made me realize that my dad wasn't different. He was just 
Mike, you no, know, Rick, I'm really glad you. I'm really glad you read that because uh, that's an important book. And uh, conversely, or maybe uh, piggybacking that, uh, as a young kid, we, we would uh, often uh, hear from uh, Holocaust survivors, and they were the same way. And, and th their reasons were different. Uh, instead of being considered a hero, surviving something that was one of the worst atrocities, perhaps the worst atrocity ever, uh, they, they felt guilt, not so much for uh, what they did or didn't do, it's, it's for those who were left behind. Those who were left behind. Yeah, you know, Paul, many years ago I read, uh, I read Corey Ten Boom's uh, book, and, you know, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of books out there that are very very much on that subject, but uh, like I said, I just wanted to I just wanted to run it by you that I finally got around to reading it, and I'm very glad that I did. Rick, thank you. I appreciate you, Dad, and uh, and I'm, I'm that it is a it is a phenomenal uh, read, and uh, that's why we 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 often hear from Vietnam veterans. Uh, they went through a completely different situation, but the trauma of it uh, is still the same. Thank you very much for the call. Stacy is up next. Uh, good afternoon. Paul, how are you doing, man? Hey there, Stacy. Hey, feel kind of feel kind of bad today, but it's gonna be okay. My tie, we we not playing tonight, but uh, it's gonna be okay. Uh, I just want to see a good game tonight. I don't want Michigan to get this far and go out there and lay down. I don't want Washington to get this far and go out there and lay down. I just want to see a good game, competitive game. And may the best team in. Uh, I will say this, give my opinion on this. I don't think Michigan is going to be able to penetrate that offensive line of Washington like they did Alabama. Uh, I just, I, you know, I think that's going to be the, the, the difference in the game. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I am confused. I have a couple of friends who are coaches, and they all are on Washington tonight. I don't have a legitimate reason to be on either either side uh, because I, I truly don't care, and I don't mean that flippantly. Uh, it's just another football game that I'll be watching with uh, complete dispassion. But I, I understand the logic. I just tend to lean toward Michigan a little bit, and maybe that's because I just got through watching them do what you you got through watching them do, Stacy. Yeah, I got you. Well, to get away from that, my last question to you is this. I'm going to change the subject to basketball right quick. What do you think we got to do as far as Alabama basketball to uh, get over the hump and uh, get some of these guys in? And for well, uh, uh, number one, uh, the, uh, the recruiting for next year is phenomenal, but I was watching the end of the Memphis game yesterday, and I saw Quinterly, and I've seen a couple of Alabama players not only in the NBA, but uh, around college football. I, I'm not extremely high on this year, but I think next year is going to be a major turnaround. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast.